game. DeJulius puts up a three. Yes! Bearcat Blitz rolling into the Big 12 Basketball Conference slate. Fun one, everybody. A lot of topics to get to. No guests this week, but plenty to touch on in the Bearcats basketball and football world. Right here on Bearcat Blitz, I'm your host, Russ Heltman. He is Neil Meyer, my coach. You can catch us both at allbearcats.com. All the football and basketball coverage there. And you can catch more of Neil's work at thefrontofficenews.com as well. Catch us. As always, on your podcast platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Share with a friend. Share with all your Bearcats fans. Help us grow the show and uh, keep bringing you these awesome, awesome shows twice a week on the Bearcat Blitz feed here on the Believe Network. And, of course, we are also airing on YouTube, Talking Cats with Russ Heltman and Valley Sports Ohio every weekend. Thank you to everybody checking us out on whatever platform you choose to listen to or talk. Uh, I guess you can't talk to us really, but you can listen to us talk on the podcast platforms and on Valley Sports Ohio, as I mentioned, as well as Talking Cats with Russ Hellman. Great friends at Bet Online. I have a message for you all before we get into the nitty gritty of today's episode. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Might as well replace game with gauntlet for the Cincinnati Bearcats, Neil. As we get going here, my man, welcome in. We're fully off of the holiday season. We're into the grind of January, the grind of conference play. <laughs> man, they haven't experienced a run, a tough run like this over the next 18 games since – what the heyday of the Big East back in the early early 2010s? It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get there, we got to figure out whether or not Cincinnati is going to have a full squad at their disposal. Which Neil, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but they have not had their full 15 man roster available to them to the coaching staff to Wes Miller's rotation wants or, or, or wishes for the entire season. Am I right? Not one game have they had their full roster, and it's not looking like. They're going to have that full roster against BYU on Saturday. Yeah, not one time this season has Wes Miller been able to have his full 15-man roster available. Obviously, you had the waiver situations with Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds. Then you get both of them back, and then Aziz gets banged up versus Dayton, and then CMOS Lukosius has battled some injuries. CJ Fredericks battled some injuries. So it looks like Saturday heading into BYU, they won't have a full squad. Uh, based off the comments yesterday in the press conference, which is a little concerning, but if they could find a way to get one of those two back in time for BYU, that would be substantially a big component for this game, especially with how dominant BYU has been this season. But man, it's been it's been a tough stretch because everybody was wondering what the ceiling would be with this team if all 15 players were healthy 
Obviously, you talked about Jamil Reynolds, Aziz Mandego, and then Simas Lukosius, CJ Frederick, your two scorers you bring in via transfer portal, and then both of them are dealing with some injuries. So overall, they haven't had that full – I don't even think we've had one game or a whole week yet of the season with all of them healthy. So looks like that won't be the case heading into BYU, unfortunately. But hopefully things start trending in the right direction to where they can get everybody healthy through this gauntlet, as you mentioned, of a Big 12 conference slate. I mean, five of the first six are versus top 25 opponents. So hopefully they can find a way to get those guys healthy, especially there during that gauntlet, because it's not going to be an easy test for the Bearcats here in the first month of conference play. Yeah, when you look at the Bearcats opening six games, as Neil mentioned, five of six against currently ranked opponents and all six are Q1 or Q2 matchups. They only have one Q4 matchup remaining the rest of the season. That's a quad four matchup, and that's the final game of the year at home against the lowly, I believe now, five and eight West Virginia Mountaineers and just three total Q3 games on top of that as well. So every game remaining, 14 out of the final 18 games on the schedule, I believe that's how many are left, are going to be in the Q1, Q2 range. And that kind of gets us to the status of Vandago and C.J. Frederick, two veteran guys, two guys that were year starters in my eyes they were going to be part of the starting rotation you would have liked to see them entrenched as part of that starting rotation but Vandego goes down with the Dayton back injury has begun according to Wes Miller to get active in practice had not finished a practice as of his press conference on Tuesday January 2nd before their practice in the afternoon that day so it was still early in the week when Miller gave us that update seemed like Neil before we get to CJ Frederick it felt like Vandago definitely has the, the the closer timeline to being finished with his injury recovery, and it seemed like the most optimistic feeling was around Aziz, especially when he hadn't finished the practice when we had talked to Wes Miller, but just getting on the floor even and getting active is massive because in my eyes, to get to the main topic on the, in the main question of this opening segment here, they had zero chance, zero, zero chance of going into – Second, maybe the most hostile environment to enter a college football road game the rest, not college football, college basketball road game the rest of the year against the best shooting team in my eyes in the country. According to West Miller, the best shooting team in his eyes in the country. You can make an argument that BYU is that. They have six players right now, or five players, averaging 10 plus points per game, three players attempting 3.7 or more uh, threes per game and hitting out a 40% clip in that more reference. Like, if they don't have Aziz Bandago to protect the rim and at least take that away from BYU, then I don't think they have a chance. Neil, they have to have him on the floor because we've seen what this defense looks like with just Victor Locken as the main rim protector. Yeah, and even Aziz just getting back out there to start in practice at the end of last week ahead of the Evansville game, now practicing throughout the week, despite not finishing a practice this week, according to Wes Miller before yesterday's practice, that's still a positive sign trending in the right direction for Aziz Bandego. Obviously, back injuries are not easy to come from, uh, come back from. And how Wes Miller described it earlier in the process of the injury, he said he, his back was pretty jacked up. He said he was hurt yeah. to sit, stand, and that's not an easy thing. But for them to go out there and be successful versus BYU, it would definitely be a key substantial piece if they could have Aziz Bandego back healthy on the floor. But it's a positive sign trending in the right direction that he is 
practicing. And that's a, a huge thing because say he isn't able to go versus BYU, he might be able to go versus Texas. And then you get the Kansas, which is the big matchup with Hunter Dickinson. You're going to need him for that stretch, especially there at the rim because everybody knows the Big 12 guard play. They love to get downhill and attack. Great guards. They like to finish inside. So you're going to need your best rim presence player on the court as much as you can heading into this gauntlet. But for him to be out there, I think we, I think there's a shot, but it's still a very good 50-50 up in the air, in my opinion, whether we see Aziz Bandego on the floor on Saturday. Definitely something to monitor in the hours leading up to the 10 p.m. tip in Provo, Utah. I asked Josh Reed, I was like, you ever play a game in your life at 10 p.m. Eastern? He's like, eh, maybe for the Maui Invitational. I can't really remember, but other than that, no. Yeah, I think the Maui really... game wasn't one tip-off in the Maui. I think it was at 9 or 10. At like 11.30 or something like the Arizona game, right? It was a late one. One of those games was definitely at like 10 or 11 p.m. I remember that. That's for sure. One of the, one of the games in, in Maui was was a late tip. But something these guys are not used to. And, and what do you think, Dio? Like, like, I give them zero shot to win this game if Aziz Bandego is not cleared the play for this, for, this, for this contest. Do you think they have any chance of winning without Aziz? I think they do. But it all depends if how Victor Lockin, Odio Guama, Jamil Reynolds steps in because they're going to need their front court players. But with CJ Frederick out, you know you're going to have to have somebody step up there on the offensive end. John Newman and Simas Lukosius did it the other night. We saw Dan Skillings do it versus Setson, but somebody's going to have to step up and have an efficient night, relieve some of the pressure off Dede Thomas and the other guys there on that team to really get that scoring going. So if John Newman can come out and have another efficient night like he did the other night where he finished with 16.6 of eight shooting, that's that would be a good night. And then if Seamus Lukosian can really keep it going, obviously before the shoulder injury, I mean, he was playing his best ball of the season, comes out versus Evansville, shoots lights out. If he can continue that, I think they, I think they really have a shot, but it's going to come down to how they defend the three-point uh, perimeter. And John Newman, the best three-point perimeter defender on this team, Somebody else is going to have to step up and help him out there, whether that's Jizzle James, Dan Skillings, Simas Lukosius. Somebody is going to have to be able to help them because, as Wes Miller said, this BYU team can shoot the three ball like it's with ease. Lights out. I think they're shooting close to 50% from three-point season on the season. And this is a team that's fifth in the country in scoring offense. They're averaging 91 points a game. So this is a team that can score in flurries. And Wes Miller even talked about that yesterday. He was really gave a lot of credit to this BYU team for just pouring it on in times and making huge runs throughout the season. So this is also a BYU team that does not like to turn the ball over. So the Bearcats are going to have to be nitty and gritty on the defensive end and try to force some turnovers and swing some momentum their way on the defensive end. Yeah, getting into the preview in just a moment here, but I mean, BYU, they just in downtown shots number one in the country in makes per game from downtown number two in attempts at almost 34 per game and they're shooting 38 percent from three that ranks 25th nationally this team can absolutely light you up if you are not on your defensive perimeter keys and that's been good for Cincinnati at times this year bad at times this year and it's especially been bad kind of against those tougher opponents so Definitely something to monitor as we don't expect, neither Neil nor I expect to see C.J. Frederick, especially on Saturday, maybe possibly Tuesday. But 
when a guy's been shut down like this, he's been shut down now for over a week. It like it it's it's just he's not he's not working out. He's not on the practice floor, so there's no reason to believe he's going to be available for this game. Aziz Bandego up in the air, his status and a status that less so for Neil, but a thousand percent for me. They don't have him on Saturday. I don't see a path to victory for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Let's talk about this path to victory and what this BYU team brings as a whole with one of the deepest, most impressive showings so far in the Big 12 in 2023-24. The nation's, I believe, number one point differential team through the non-conference slate. A non-conference slate that does rank 310th nationally on Ken Palm in adjusted overall difficulty. So all that coming up in the preview right here on Bearcat Blitz. Russ Heldman, back with you on Bearcat Blitz. Thank you for checking us out on whatever platform you're diving into the show with on this late week portion. BYU, man, they have won every game this season, Neil. All of their wins have come by at least nine points. Their lone loss on the road at Utah, 73-69 to back on December 9th. When we look at kind of the the tail of the tape here between these two squads. Impressive, impressive run so far for BYU. They're 9-0 at home, as I mentioned. They're 1-1 and in quad one games, 10-0 and in quad three and quad four games. They have the 79th ranked strength of schedule and 129th ranked out-of-conference strength of schedule to Cincinnati's 236th ranked out-of-conference strength of schedule and 89th ranked schedule overall. They come in ranked third in Ken Palm with just some of the best metrics. These are championship level metrics. When you're in the top 10 of adjusted offense and defense, you are one of those few teams that can truly say we are national title contenders. That's exactly what BYU is with the sixth best offense adjusted by offensive efficiency and 10th best defense on Ken Palm. When we look at kind of the interior of this team, looking at who is doing a lot of the damage here, Jackson Robinson, one of the best players in the Big 12, 16 points, about three rebounds, 1.5 assists, six foot seven guard, can really slash well, is an elite shooter. I'm talking elite shooter, people. 41% from three on 7.3 attempts per game. He is their leading scorer and is joined by five other, I think I might have said five total 10 plus point per game scores. There's six on this team, five other players averaging at least 10.2 points per game. Neil, they're long, nasty. Exactly what the Big 12 and its basketball programs are trying to elevate to and trying to bring to the floor. And the Marriott Center, I'm sure, is going to bring its best for its Big 12 debut in terms of the fan base on Saturday night. This is a daunting, daunting opening matchup for Cincinnati. I don't think you could probably, you can't pick a much more difficult game to start your Big 12 tenure with as 82.3% matchup predictor favorites on ESPN Analytics for the team in blue and white. Yeah, and you talk about it being a, da- a daunting game to start your Big 12 conference slate with. I mean, first of all, it's never easy to go out to Utah and play in the elevation. I mean, we saw that first-handed, first-handedly this spring when they went out to Utah Valley there in the NIT, and we saw the outcome of that game. But, B- man, BYU is a great team. Obviously, this is a team that's caught a lot of people by surprise, Russ, because if you remember right, this BYU team, was picked in the 
lower half of the Big 12 preseason polls. And now look what they're doing. They're shooting lights out. Lights out on all aspects of the game. But this is, they're fifth in the country in effective field goal percentage at 58.5%. They're eighth in the country in fast break points, 50% true shooting. This is a team that just can do it all. They can score on all three levels. But what really makes them unique, too, is they're third in the country in rebounding. And people yep. don't remember that. They're averaging 45 rebounds a game. Think about that. 45 rebounds a game. And if the Bearcats don't have Aziz Bandego for this one, it, it could get tough and nasty on the boards there. And they're going to have to do a lot of different things to find a way to keep that number keep that number down. But also for uh, BYU, Fusene Traore is hopeful to make his return after missing the last six games uh, due to a hamstring injury per John Rothstein's tweet. And this is a guy who was averaging 10 points and six rebounds all dating back to November. And he hasn't played since, I believe, November 10th. He's missed yeah, the last yeah. six games due to injury. So if you're adding him back into the fold, BYU's back at full strength just about. So it's going to be real interesting to see what BYU team comes out on Saturday. But as you mentioned, man, the Marriott Center will not be easy to play in. And Wes Miller even said it is mo- one of the most underrated venues in the country. And everybody knows for a team that's hosting their first conference basketball game, we saw how it can affect teams on the football aspect of things. But, man, basketball side of things might be a little different here because BYU is shocking a lot of people right now. And what Mark Pope and his squad is doing up there in Provo, Utah, it's, it, could be a, it could be a fun ride for BYU this season if they stay healthy and continue performing at this level. Your top five teams in overall point differential this season, BYU plus 28.8. Houston plus 26.5. Connecticut plus 19.5. Oh, just your reigning national champions. And Baylor, 23.3, Big 12. Texas Christian at number six plus 12. Texas Christian plus 19.3. Plus 19.3. You're sensing a trend here where these Big 12 teams, Neil, I think they've kind of softened their schedule a little bit on non-con. They are beating up on these other teams, getting ready, just, just priming their teams, priming their rotation, priming their depth for this Big 12 stretch. It's going to be very interesting to see how Cincinnati, who is right up there as well, they're 15th in average point differential with a 16.2 positive mark per game this season in terms of winning on average their games by 16.2 points under West Miller this year. Will that end up paying off? It's going to be very interesting to me. Have they built up enough momentum? Have enough continuity in this group right now heading in the conference play to where you can think the light non-conference schedule was worth it or ability issues, injury issues, the lack of consistency against good teams ultimately make this a wash in non-conference play and not get them ready for what will be a season-ending stretch if they don't go two and four at least coming up in these next six games. I just maybe one and five you could salvage things, but they have to kneel nine and nine, seven and eleven possibly get you into the NCAA tournament, but you cannot get off to a brutal, brutally bad start here and uh, and, and find your way on the the outside looking in as a current projected NCAA tournament team, but we all know how that can change over the next month. A big test for Cincinnati, 
going up against BYU, who, as I mentioned, the number one scoring margin in the country this season. They have six players averaging 10-plus points per game. You mentioned Triore. They've gone through their own injury issues, and they've just blown the doors off everybody, and it hasn't mattered. Mm -hmm. Their rotation is sound. Their depth is very sound. They've done a great job, Mark Pope and his staff has, of bringing in transfers that fit the system, fit what they're trying to do. And another player to mention that we'll get to in, uh, in, the, in the preview and players to watch also on all Bearcats over the next few days, Richie Saunders. This guy is, I think, one of the more underrated players on the team. Sophomore, six foot five guard, averaging 10 points or almost 11 points, four and a half rebounds. He is one of their best, if not their best, on ball perimeter defenders. He's been fantastic so far this year in that sense and boasts a 26.2 player efficiency rating, which is number one on the team, thanks in large part to a field goal percentage ticking up near 56.7% for 100 possessions. Neil, he's shooting 57% almost for 100 possessions on 20.7 attempts per 100 possessions. I mean, it's high volume, high efficiency stuff. There are very few holes to poke in this team, and one that I just don't see the Bearcats having any any real chance, especially with even if Aziz Bandego was 100%. I don't, there's no way I could pick the Bearcats here. Give me the BYU Cougars, 88, Cincinnati, 79. In what's a close game sometimes, but ultimately BYU pulls away in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm there with you, but I'm going to go with the, the BYU Cougars, 84 to the Cincinnati Bearcats, 78. So I think it's going to be a close game. But without Aziz, if Aziz Bandego can't go, obviously it, it draws a question mark into how this one could go. But we also have seen the Bearcats struggle shooting on the road in their two true road games this season. So in an environment like that, if they can come out and knock some shots down early and feel the groove, feel their rhythm. But if they come out to a slow shooting start like they have versus Dayton and Xavier, in an environment like that, it, it could be a long night, especially with how quick and effective BYU is. But overall, I got this game being a lot closer than a lot of people think. But this this is a game where it can go either way. Quick check-in on the Bearcats football transfer portal hall as the portal closes. Visits open up a little bit more, and we get kind of a more clear sense of what the roster is going to look like on Bearcat Blitz. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bearcat Blitz, final quick segment here. Don't know that we'll have time to have Neil chime in for this one, but big thing to look at in terms of the UC football transfer portal hall, I think as we kind of get into the new year, you're looking at nine confirmed transfers thus far for Cincinnati. We got a visit happening kind of as we speak with uh, New Mexico State transfer safety, Mikai Miller coming in. He has one in the year of eligibility left. Very good last year, 77 PFF grade, 
That was across 568 snaps, had a 79.3 coverage grade. So you love to see that. We'll see what that can bring for Cincinnati. But they're slowly getting more guys in, and we're starting to see them kind of huddle around a 30th overall national ranking on 24-7 sports with a 35.35 mark to, at the top, you got Ole Miss with a 77.77. I mean, they've almost notched a national championship contending transfer portal hall. But Cincinnati at 30th right now. We'll check back them full, back in fully on Monday with a kind of full closer, more closer look, more in-depth look at the transfer portal hall and what's going on there with the football program. But for Neil Meyer, I'm Russ Heltman. This has been Bearcat Blitz presented by the Believe Network and Bet Online. This is the second. 15 seconds left. Shot clock off. Four point game. DeJulius puts up a three. Yeah!